This edition of the John and Leah Show. This is the program where we talk about the news of the week and the events of our often bizarre lives and where we provide you with a three-hour oasis of honesty and rationality in the desert of insanity and deceit, which is the American media, cultural, and political landscape. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Often I refer to this program as a show where we talk about life. Yes. And I think that's pretty much our theme for tonight. Things are going to be a little bit different because the news is everywhere and it's breaking even as we speak, especially in the realm of sports. My gosh, (laughs) Uh, this has got to have been one of the most uh, newsy sports days uh, in a very long time. I mean, when you consider the fact that a young star baseball pitcher named Jose Fernandez is killed this morning in in a boating accident. Exactly. And by the end of the day, as tragic and horrendous as that is, that might not be in the top five sports stories. Right. Uh, uh, at least I mean, according to Twitter, it's not even trending anymore. I mean, it's it says, and of course, it's obviously an NFL Sunday, but all things, sorts of crazy things going on, including if it's always crazy where you are in Alabama, you know, that <laughs> bizarre Auburn LSU game. Uh, where uh, um, Les Miles goes from winning the game to getting fired today by half a second. Yeah, thank you, Nick Saban. He has set the standard very high. Well, it's just, I mean, to me, I'm looking at this not from a sports perspective, but from a life standpoint. I mean, so basically, if the LSU center snaps the ball half a second sooner, Les Miles is still the head coach at LSU. And and by the way... But barely. Yeah, but still he is. I mean, and then if, then then if someone goes and burns down a tree in Tumor's Corner. There, that was they're celebrating at Auburn. Yes, uh, and by the way, that person lives in Auburn, so stop blaming Bama fans for it, everyone. Okay, well, because that's the important part. By the way, was that one of the new trees? Do you know, or was that one of the? Oh yeah, that was one of the oh, new yeah. ones they put up after the old ones got poisoned. Uh, yes, by the, an Alabama I mean, they fan. Just Yes, they just started being able to roll the trees again. Uh, and someone goes uh, and burns it down. Yeah. Uh, um, just amazing. So, uh, and, and uh, Vince Scully here in Los Angeles is his last game after 67 years in Los Angeles. Actually, his whole career wasn't in Los Angeles, but his last game in Los Angeles uh, ends with the Dodgers winning on a walk-off home run and the Dodgers clinching a playoff spot. So that's unbelievable after 67-year career for <laughs> Vin Scully. And uh, and then there's the story that broke just about an hour ago, which is the death of golfing legend Arnold Palmer. And, you know, I don't do conflicted very well, Leah. Um and Arnold Palmer's death at the age of 87 is is one of those things about which I am conflicted. In uh, what way? Well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why. First, let me just say that um, no one has ever had as much impact on sports in general and definitely their own sport in relationship to their on-field achievements than Arnold Palmer did. I mean, Arnold Arnold Palmer is the reason why golf became big. It's why sports on television 
in a lot of ways became big. He completely changed the marketing of sports, the way it's monetized. Uh, maybe the weirdest thing about Arnold Palmer's legacy is that in 25 years, he's probably only going to be known for a lemonade, lemonade iced tea mix. Uh, I mean, no, I'm <laughs> no. serious. Which I love. No, but I mean, that's, I mean, I don't mean that to be like a slam. I mean, that, it, it, the, the Arnold Palmer lemonade iced tea drink is huge. I mean, it's, it's iconic. Uh, and better even with a little splash of vodka. Okay. Well, I hadn't, I haven't tried that, but maybe, maybe Delish. I will. But um, <laughs> it's actually even more, it's, it's at least as bizarre as the fact that George Foreman is now known as a grill salesman. Because uh, George Foreman in the 70s was the baddest man on the planet. And uh, most people under the age of uh, 40 or 45 now know him as this uh, chubby, cheery uh, grill salesman. Yeah. Um, so in some, so in, a, in a somewhat similar way, that's where, where Arnold Palmer's legacy will be. Speaking of comparing him to boxers, Arnold Palmer's legacy is a lot, and his life is a lot like Muhammad Ali's. Interesting that they would both die in the same year. Of course, he didn't dr- dodge the draft, and he didn't call all white people the devils and all that kind of stuff. But, but I'm talking about the standpoint of he came uh, about in, a, in the same era as television was really evolving. Uh, he became a massive celebrity with an incredibly strong personal following, and he's perceived... See, I would think that a not you're a good example. You you know about golf, but you're not like a golf fan. So, in your right. perception, where would Arnold Palmer rank as the all-time golfers? Just give me your sense. Uh, you mean talent-wise? Yeah, as or? on as on field performance. Where give me do you think he's the the best golfer of all time? Top 5? No, no, that's Jack Nicklaus, right? Uh, okay. Um, Just I would your... say he's in the top five for sure. Okay, in my mind, right. And I would th- I would think that most people who have even less knowledge than you do, because everything's done by fame, would say that Arnold Palmer is one of the top two or three most fame, you know, best golfers sure. of all time. There's Jack sure. Nicklaus, Tiger Woods, Arnold Palmer, as far as far as fame is concerned, and fame is all that matters in this day and age, especially to younger people. And while he's clearly one of the top three most famous golfers of all time and probably one of the top ten most famous athletes of the modern era. I'd have to think about that, but certainly I think he belongs fame-wise in the top ten of all athletes. He's, in my opinion, not even in the top ten of all-time golfers. And, in fact, you could make an argument he's not in the top 20. Now that'll, really? that'll piss off a lot of Arnold Palmer fans, I know. <laughs> um, and, and, I, and I guess and part of the reason why I mentioned being conflicted, I've never understood this concept that when someone dies, you're not allowed to say anything even remotely theoretically negative about them. I, I've never understood that. I mean, respect the dead. Well, I, I, look, I'm I'm being very respectful uh, of Arnold Palmer. I'm also being very truthful. I've never quite got. It's not like I'm at his funeral, folks. All right, let's make the, the distinction. If you're at somebody's funeral, or or if you're speaking directly to to his loved ones in some way, I, I doubt very seriously that they're listening to the show. Although we are on in Pittsburgh, I, you know, then you don't say anything negative. That would be rude. But we live in an era of incredibly short attention span, so you're only allowed to talk about someone who's dead for a couple of hours, and it's no longer At newsworthy. No, yeah, you got to move on. No, no longer newsworthy. So, so that's part of, you know, I'm a little bit bothered as a truth guy 
that he is exceedingly overrated as a golfer. But I also realize that his legacy, as I've already mentioned with the lemonade iced tea thing, is more than just about golf. And he did absolutely change the game. And he changed the marketing of it. I mean, he's he changed the the entire he basically created the entire industry of sports agents uh, and and in fact uh, founded at the time the biggest uh, sports agency representation agency in the world uh, that still exists today so i mean the reality is that it's hard to judge him just on golf but there you know there's some other things that bother me about him and, and nobody's perfect all right Nobody is now. Perfect. See, I, I are you saying that he was controversial? Because in my mind, there's nothing controversial about him. I've right. never heard anything controversial. Right. Well, there's a reason um, why you never heard anything controversial. <laughs> okay, they crushed it. <laughs> well, that's because they didn't ne- report it. Because there's <laughs> never been a cozier relationship in the history of sports than between Arnold Palmer and the golf slash sports media, okay? Oh, gotcha! There's a good reason why you've never heard anything negative about Arnold Palmer. And by the way, he was the founder and until recently the primary owner of the Golf Channel, which dictates everything there is with regard to uh, golf media coverage and narratives. Um, You know, we've got to do stuff that's controversial own the business that'll keep it quashed. Oh, it was a brilliant maneuver on his part. <laughs> I mean, you want to make sure that your legacy and your sport is sealed, start the channel that ends up covering that all, all of the golf. news about it. <laughs> right. You pretty much sealed your legacy right there when you founded wow. the golf channel. Um, Interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know how much I really want to get into it, but let's just say that, that Arnold Palmer had a lot a lot of fun, a lot of fun in his golfing career and after his golfing career, a lot, a lot of fun and good for him because, you know, hey, as long as everybody else, it. as everybody else, as long as everybody else in your life is okay with it, go ahead and have your fun. Oh, uh, gotcha. Okay. Well, that, long, you know, then, I mean, and, look, there, there are lots of groupies that want the golfers. Oh, there. That is that is golf groupies are a very 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 real thing, very mm-hmm. real thing. More substantively, I was very disappointed when Arnold Palmer took a complete pass on defending Joe Paterno. That oh that bothered me because um, there was probably only one guy in Joe Paterno's realm in Pennsylvania. They knew each other very well. He knew that the whole thing was crap. Arnold Palmer had to know. And in fact, they were, I believe, supposed to be honored uh, at the White House uh, in the same event. And Palmer sat on his hands and did nothing mm. as Paterno got completely slaughtered. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure he did that because he was protecting his business interests. OK, that's fine. But, you know, then, then you're, no, you're no hero then. But again, I know you're not supposed to say anything remotely negative about the dead. And I am let me when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the bigger picture on this, because, you know, Things are changing in America awfully fast. And uh, so I want to comment a couple more things, more on the positive side of that. And then we also have some major personal updates uh, we've had in both of our lives. Obviously, the presidential debates are tomorrow. Tons to get to. Stay tuned to the John and Leah Show here on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our, our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com, where you can check out each and every one of the 24 different radio stations across this formerly great nation of ours, which carry this program on a weekly basis. That's freespeechbroadcasting.com. We've got so much to get to. We're kind of flying by the spe- seat of our pants tonight, doing things a little bit differently, partially because tonight uh, the news was announced that uh, golf legend Arnold Palmer has passed away, and I had some thoughts. See, Leah, when I do the show, I always think about what can I say about a, a topic of interest that no one else is going to be either stupid or knowledgeable or ballsy enough or maybe a combination of all three to say. And so, but I'm also, that's why I said I'm conflicted about Arnold Palmer, because there's a lot of things I'd like to say, but I'm not going to, because I do want to res- be respectful of the dead, uh, even though I don't fully understand that concept when it comes <laughs> you're, to... You're trying to go along with it. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to basically thread the needle here. I'm trying to be, <laughs> trying to be honest while also being respectful. And, and I also feel like there are some important and positive things to say about Arnold Palmer. Let's just, the big picture, big picture... And I think this is related to the end of Vince Scully's career after 67 years of an incredibly classy career as a broadcaster. By the way, just as an example, you know, the Dodgers, imagine a modern day announcer and, you know, all the focus is on him because it's his last home game. The Dodgers clinch a playoff spot with a home run at home, walk off home run and extra innings. And Vin Scully did the home run as if it was in the middle of the season, not even his last, completely understated, not a word about him, not a word about the fact that it was his last one. Mm. Uh, Amazing. That's never going to happen again. There will never be another Vin Scully, period, end of sentence. And there's never going to be another Arnold Palmer. It's a completely different era. Something in America is literally dying with these people. Or or uh, something in America is literally growing so large, and that's our own egos. Well, it's all about us. And to the point, and well, Palmer, clearly any successful person has an ego. One of the interesting things about Arnold Palmer on the positive side is, is even as huge a celebrity as he is, in even in recent years, you could you could drive up to the country club in Latrobe where he is, and on a on a good day, he's probably just sitting there and be happy to talk to you. Complete stranger. I love, it. I love that. And that and that happened all the time. And this is one of the most famous people in the country and maybe on the planet, certainly in sports. And so I you know, I'm gonna miss the fact that he was alive. It'll definitely hit me personally, probably more at the Masters when it's just going to be Jack Nicholas and Gary Player, and there will be no Arnold Palmer on that first team. Mm, right. That, you know. And then when Jack goes, oh, my God. Oh, it's over. Ugh. I mean, if Jack, golf as we know it and knew it, dead. Uh, no, no. If, if Jack, to give you the difference between, in my view, Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas, if Jack Nicholas died on a Sunday night, I don't know if I'd be able to do the show. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know if I'd be able to do the show. I get uh, it. Um, but anyway. Um, rest in peace, Arnold Palmer, and um, you know it'll be interesting to see. I'm sh- I'm sure that there will be uh, some glowing retrospectives on the Golf Channel and elsewhere because the news media does love him. All right, when we come back, uh, uh, on a brighter side, apparently Leah Brandon had like one of the best days of her life, and I we'll, did. we'll talk about that and a big update in mine coming up.
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Leah, very quickly, before we get to your uh, wonderful day uh, yesterday, I guess it was, um, I wanted to real quick uh, on the death of Arnold Palmer. I forgot to mention something about the news media uh, that, that I found to be interesting. At first, by the way, I wasn't sure whether the, the report wasn't premature because the Golf Channel was not reporting it, which was really odd since, as I mentioned, Palmer's the founder of the Golf Channel. I think he still owns part of it, but I know he used to be the majority owner. And they were they had a live broadcast going on for like almost an hour. Well, everybody else is reporting based on one nothing but a tweet. And I'm thinking, is it possible he's like really, really close, but not actually dead? And everyone's right, just right, right. jumping the gun, and that's the way things work. And well, now all it takes is one semi-legitimate source to tweet something. And if it's good enough, everyone's gonna retweet and tweet again, and then it's a news story. As it turned out, the Golf Channel eventually did report it. But but what I found pretty funny, especially considering the fact that one of my my issues with uh, Arnold Palmer dealt with his lack of support for Joe Paterno, was that the newspaper that broke the whole Penn State Paterno Sandusky story back in 2011, and and I believe butchered it, and why the whole thing has been a massive injustice. They first reported that Arnold Palmer was dead. Using a photograph of the former governor of Pennsylvania, Tom Corbin. <laughs> well, there you have it. <laughs> That's the kind of journalistic excellence that we can expect in 2016 from allegedly reputable news organizations. All right. Now, uh, from the bad news of uh, of the death of an icon to uh, what you tell me is one of the best days you've ever had. And so I'm yes. looking for good news in this horrible year. I'm <laughs> looking for good news whenever I can find it. And you say that you had... Uh, one of those uh, life-changing uh, experiences this weekend. So tell us I about really it. did. I did. Uh, so as you know, Zig, uh, this election season has really taken a toll on me. Oh, yeah. Me too. Uh, okay. I mean, uh, there are journalists now that are claiming PTSD. And uh, it's one of these depressing feelings. So you start looking for different outlets. And I've r- recently gotten into horse racing. Uh, I was never a huge, huge fan. I kind of uh, kept up with the Triple Crown races, but ever since California Chrome came along in 2014, I've really started to kind of follow it. But you've owned horses for a very long time. You've just never been into the racing part of it. Correct. Correct. Um, So I've really gotten into it in the last year or so. In fact, there are several horses that I have really taken an interest in. And at at the same time, there is a new horse racing magazine that is launching in the United States. It's going to be this year. Uh, they're coming from the UK and Ireland, where they're pretty big, and they're looking for writers. And on a whim, I saw a story. Well, I I found out about a horse And I thought it would make a great story, and I pitched it to them, and they loved it. Mm -hmm. So I went to Kentucky. I have already written. I mean, it took me 30 minutes to write this story. Um, I wrote all of it except for the ending. And I went to Kentucky this weekend to meet this horse named Mohamed and to figure out the ending. Now, interestingly. Where in Kentucky, by the way? Uh, Lexington. Okay. Where you always go to meet the great horses. Um, interestingly, we have a listener named Carol Carmichael 
who works at a gigantic horse farm right there in the center of it all. And she and I have become friends on Facebook, and she uh, actually gave me a tour of another farm while I was there. Now, at this one farm was the other, a horse who I'm so in love with that if I had a mare, I would want to have his baby. (laughs) He is, his name is Honor Code. Mm -hmm. And Honor Code was staying, uh, he's at a farm called Lane's End. And so Carol set it up for us to go and visit Honor Code, which is like me meeting, I don't know, not Elvis, but someone sure. just below Elvis. Okay. Although, it's a so, ho- just to be clear, it's a horse, though. Just to be clear. It is a horse. Okay, just to be clear. Which, by the way, in your world is far superior to being a homo sapien. I get it. So, Well, it really is, and I'm I'm going to explain why in just in one second. So, uh, so Juan, uh, the handler, walks honor code out because that's what they do at these farms. They walk these horses out so that if I want to breed to this horse, I can see him head to toe. How does he move? How does he look? So they walk honor code out. And I am Facebooking live with Honor Code and having the best time of my life. But that's not the big deal. Okay. The big deal is that there is a horse called APND at that same farm. He is Honor Code's father. Right. He's 27. He's now retired. He is... The son of Seattle Slough, the Triple Crown winner. Right, I remember him. He is the son. His mother is the daughter of Secretariat. So here comes APND, which I was not expecting, on the lead, and they walk him out to us, and I get to Facebook this live. It's the closest I will ever get to being in the same place as Secretariat and Seattle Slough. Now, I, I saw your Facebook Live video, and uh, you could hear the excitement in your voice, and I kept thinking, my gosh, if um, if Tiger Woods had knocked on my uh, house in uh, 2000 when I adored him, uh, I'm not sure I would have reacted as strongly as you did to this horse. I, I was totally, it was a surprise. I didn't think they were going to do it. And when they put AP Indy back in his stall and they put Honor Code right in next to him and Carol and I walked out the back of the barn because we were going to walk around some more on the grounds, I was so overcome with emotion so what's the I source had, of the emotion? Because as, as a person who being, likes animals but doesn't love them like you do, I, it's hard for me to understand it. It's being in the presence of greatness. APND was the 1992 Horse of the Year. Mm-hmm. His kids, his progeny, he has had so many grade one winners, and I'm in love with Honor Code, who I believe <clears throat> is going to be Every bit as great of a sire as him. It's it's the history, the nostalgia, the Have you ever had lineage. that experience with a human being? About, no. of a, never. You've no. never had that feeling never. seeing a never. celebrity or There's someone you might no admire. Way. 
I don't care who it is. Anyone could walk in this room and I would I, I would never be affected like that. And the other this one more thing uh, before we go to break that I, that I want to say, which is um, I found it very interesting that everywhere that I went, everyone was so accommodating and so sweet and down to earth. And they couldn't wait to show me the beautiful houses and the grounds because it's breathtaking when you see these places mm. and um, the money that's involved and everything like that. And all I keep thinking is I don't care about the house. I don't care that that's a crystal chandelier for me. The impressive treasures will always live in the stalls. So that's, um, Sounds like you had quite the day. Uh, I so, did. So, so are you now going to be writing regularly for this for mm-hmm. this magazine? Is that the deal? Yes. Cool. And I'm doing, and the cool thing is, because I don't know anything about racing. I'm not a trainer, an owner, a jock. I know nothing. So all I can do is write about the horses as a fan. And as a fan, there's really two things that I am concerned about, and that is, how well are they being taken care of, and how much are they loved? Did they, any of them give you an interview? <laughs> no? Yes, they did. Not even a... <laughs> yes, not, they not did. Oh, they... Listen, but the, the other horse that I went to see, Mo Heyman, is my first article, and I was absolutely thrilled. Well, and boy, was he talking to me the whole time. Well, Leah, uh, as someone who cares about you, I'm thrilled that you are happy uh, with that day and whatever is going to happen with that magazine. I don't personally get it, but hey, look, it's way better. You know what? Part of me does get it in that a horse can never really screw up, right? I mean, you can never really be that disappointed by a horse, unlike you can be and will be with almost every human being. So from that standpoint, I get it. I mean, if it's a beautiful horse that runs great races and you can admire that and 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 see the face of God in that in some way. Uh, yes, fantastic. Because guess what? They're never going to screw you over. No, <laughs> and, they're not. And ruin it. They're never going to. No, they're not. They're not going to. Never going to wimp out or be a coward or or betray you or be dishonest or anything like that. So in that sense, and, uh, and that's why it's important that we don't do that to them either. Okay, fair enough. All right. Well, uh, interesting story, and appreciate as always you sharing it. When we come back. Uh, and up since we're doing the personal stuff at the beginning of the show instead of the end as we normally do, uh, I got a, a major update in uh, my life as well, which I will, uh, I guess, start to share when we Good. return on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Doing things a little bit differently tonight because of the nature of the news. In the next hour, we will get to the political news of the week, the race for the White House 2016, and a preview of tomorrow's debate. Uh, But uh, there's uh, a major personal update in my life, which is the continuation of a saga that I've discussed for the last several months in this program, which deal with the 
the efforts by uh, me and my wife, mostly my wife, <laughs> to uh, have a second child. As many of you probably do know, I, I have a, a four-year-old named Grace who, like this program, is uh, very conflicted about Donald Trump. Is Trump a bad guy or a good guy? Uh, but she also, uh, Leah, is well on her way, for all of her very good qualities, she's well on her way to being a spoiled brat, uh, largely because she's an only child. Uh, she's, um, in fact, interesting, interestingly, Leah, we've had a, a phenomenon occur at her preschool where after I pick her up, she'll say, my friends didn't want to play with me today. And on per- upon further investigation, what was really going on is that her friends didn't want to stop what they were doing <laughs> to do what Grace wanted to do under her rules and under her right. domain. Well, you've <laughs> so, created a monster. So, so basically, this is the way I looked at it. Basically, Grace thinks that, you know, if you um, want to be a third world dictator and, and, a, and, and, they deny, and they deny you the right to be the third world dictator, that somehow they're revoking your citizenship. That's what, In her world, that's the way it works. Because the world revolves around her. So anyway... We've been trying to have a, a second child, which has been very precarious because, well, I'm old, and my, my wife, from a fertility standpoint, uh, was really pushing it. And we tried various levels of fertility enhancement uh, that did not work, and we were just about, a couple of months ago, to pull the trigger on the most dramatic, the most invasive, the most expensive process that we're aware of and one last ditch effort to have a second kid and something really weird happened god stepped in well it was either god or my magic sperm uh according to the doctors i have magic sperm and i'm not just saying that like in a trumpian fashion uh i i actually apparently and believe it <laughs> I, I apparently have the type of sperm that uh, Donald Trump would brag about at a, at a debate, okay? If, he, if, if sperm comes up in Monday's debate and he starts talking about his sperm, apparently that's the sperm I actually have. Believe me. <laughs> All right, so, um, so, and it's probably one of the main reasons why my wife and I are still married, why she's willing to put up with me, uh, because of my magic sperm. So she gets pregnant, I mean, literally the last moment possible before we're going in for the the last Hail Mary pass. And but of course at her age, we're we're very, very hesitant to even comprehend that this is real because statistically there's a very good chance she's gonna lose it. It won't be viable. There's be something catastrophic. And this the last few weeks have just been hell uh, in every possible way. She's starting a new job, a new sleep schedule. Grace is going back to school, new sleep schedule for her. I've not been allowed to sleep because they're not been allowed to sleep. Uh, everyone's at each other's throats. And my wife is struggling with this. Am I pregnant or am I not? Do I accept sure. this oh, as yeah. real or do I not? Uh, is it okay to be happy? Right. <laughs> At one point, she started talking about names, and I scolded her, and, of course, I was the bad guy. Why uh, would you do that? Why would I do that? Why would you scold her? Um, because as soon as you start talking about names, and if it then if it turns out badly, it's like 10 times worse. Why, yeah, why, is, why is that remotely you- illogical? Because all you're doing is trying to use logic. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. I'm I'm crazy that way. I, I'm that's the last, not going to work. I'm the last this person is, in America that still thinks logically. Trust me, I know. This is complete and utter emotion. Yeah, I know. And and I don't do that well uh, with emotion. At all. I, I fully acknowledge. I'm Spock, okay? So, <laughs> yes. Um, so anyway, um, so we've been waiting on these test results. And it's amazing how fast technology is advancing in this era. I, I mean, Grace is four years old, so about five years ago, I remember the worst part for me was the amniocentesis. Yeah. When, when I'm sitting there, you're sitting there, and you're watching a doctor stick a needle in your wife's tummy, and it looks like it's millimeters from your kid's head. Right, <laughs> and, right. And I'm, I am freaking out, like, unbelievably. I, I, I'm sweating watching this, and that's how they found out about, you know, any gen- major genetic defects and, and gender and all and all that stuff, right? Well, now uh, at a much earlier stage, like at ten weeks now, uh, they can they can basically tell you everything but where the kids going to college, uh, and unreal. And and so, um, so we we got an email uh, this particular uh, Friday. And uh, it turns out that it looks as if my wife is carrying a a boy, perfectly healthy um, child that there's no reason to believe will not be able to uh, make it all, all the way uh, into the world. And so we've now transitioned from the hopeful, hopefully this is going to work, to now it's we're real. Now this is real. That's so great. Uh, the, the things think things have gotten real, real fast. Real quick. <laughs> real fast. Uh, you know, okay, now we gotta sell the condo. Uh now we gotta we're, we gotta redo the house. Uh uh, you know, uh, w- w- how, we, how how are we gonna pull Perfect. this off? Uh um, get it done. That's the easy part. No, it's well, I don't know. The how. hard part has already yeah, I don't. Been done. I don't know how we're gonna. I don't know how I'm gonna do this. I I really do not know. I I mean I I think it's fantastic. It's great out. for. I mean, my wife has desperately wanted this, so I'm very happy for her. I'm happy for Grace because I think she needs a, a sibling. Yes. Uh, and so, I mean, obviously, it's not it's not a hundred percent real until it actually happens. But now, percentage wise, we're probably in the nineties at this point. I mean, statistically, I'm sorry. Start selling, get it done. Okay, um, you know, but no, what, but you know, now my wife is completely gone down the. Na- I mean, we're 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 in the middle names now. I mean, you know, forget about uh, worrying about uh, names. We're we're full on names. Uh, please don't post this anywhere on social media, people, because you know my wife's going to try to keep this a secret, which will never happen. Uh, from uh, you know her family. I mean, her mom knows, so that means everyone will know soon. But I, I just don't want it to be from me or anybody from the show. Uh, and we'll uh, keep it under our hats. Yeah, please nationally, try to, please nationwide try. on twenty four affiliates. <laughs> we'll keep it under our hats, Zig. Don't worry. Well, just do the best you can. And um, <laughs> there is good news though about and? about you know from my perspective. I, mean, I rarely get whatever I want anyway, but. But the gender is what I wanted, so that's that's good. Um, and so, you know, let's just say that, uh, in my view, the, the the child will will have at least a chance in twenty first century America based upon their gender and their race, uh, as opposed to having no chance at all. Um, of course, you can always hope. I guess there's always hope, regardless of the gender, because you could end up with a transgender. 
And you know that that That's would be correct. That, that person, that baby, can be whatever it wants. Right. So I guess there's. I shouldn't have. You know, I shouldn't have been so willing to prematurely judge. But there's. You know, even if you have a boy in this day and age, and he's white, you can always dream that maybe True. they'll end up transgender and still have a chance. Uh, in this, in the bathroom uh, of their choice. In this PC. Uh, liberal world that which we live, which will probably be even more so in the next uh, 20 years in which they grow up. So that's a major development on that front. I figured you'd be happy about that. I'm uh, thrilled. Uh, and I'll keep you updated, of course, when we come back. More news of the week on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. <laughs> 